Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Dev Chen Symposium. I'm Yves Chen, and I'm Alex Severo. This is the place where interesting topics are discussed, ideas are examined, and culture are fused. All opinions are welcome, and we embrace beliefs from all walks of life, big or small. So let's just go ahead and get right into it. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Devchen Symposium, episode six. Wow, I don't realize this is already episode six. <laughs> and this week we are going to talk about a very topical thing at this current time. Today's topic is the plague in the current time. Yes, and the plague is both. Well, for most people, it would probably be COVID nineteen that's been afflicting us in the year of twenty twenty. But we're also going to be talking about the plague. As a novel by Albert Camus.、Mm-hmm. Now, for those of you who might read in the BBC, they have an article explaining all about the plague and its relevance in today.、Mm. And it seems only likely and it seems only appropriate that we would also talk about this book, given how the whole world is sort of being put under lockdown because of this mysterious COVID plague. Definitely, you know what? History always repeats itself. That's very、um, true. So let's go diving to the main idea for the book. This is a novel by Albert Camus, published in 1947. It tells the story of a plague sweeping the French Algerian city of Oran, and the novel presents a snapshot of life in Oran as seen through the author's distinctive, absurdist point of view. And to give a little bit introduction to Albert Camus himself, Albert Camus is actually a French Algerian writer, and he's a French Algerian philosopher and a journalist who is famous for three novels: *The Stranger*, written in 1942; *The Plague*, written in 1947. And the fall in 1956, along with two philosophical essays, *The Myth of Sisyphus* in 1942 and *The Rebel* in 1951. Now, in World War II, he actually served in the French Resistance towards the end, and he was the editor in chief of an outlawed newspaper that helped spread the word about what the French Resistance was doing against Nazi occupation、mm-hmm. and Vichy France. And then, during the Algerian War, which lasted between 1954 to 1962, he took a very neutral stance. It was actually opposed by many different sides, and a very unfortunate thing: he died in 1960 at the age of, I believe, 46, right near Paris, right when he was sort of on his way home, and he was trying to reunite with his family. Right, he's a very interesting man.、Mm-hmm. Um, so, tell me more about the historical background、um, of writing this book. All right, so the book itself, the plague, it's set in the city of Oran in French Algeria, as Keith said. But the main reason Camus chose Oran was because Oran has been afflicted by multiple plagues up until the point when Camus wrote his novel.、Mm. But this particular book was written about a plague that occurred in 1849,、mm. and it was a cholera outbreak. For those of you who may not know cholera, cholera is a GI-related disease that spread through contaminated water. It used to happen all the time in the 19th century, especially in areas、mm-hmm. that were very polluted. And so, when Camus was writing his novel, he chose this kind of environment and this kind of outbreak, so to say, that had a very visual reaction to set the stage for the city, set the stage for the plague itself.、Mm, I think the central irony of the book, the plague, lies in Camus' treatment of freedom,、mm-hmm. because the citizens of Oran really become a prisoner of the whole plague when the city fall under total quarantine, kind of like our state of age. Um, but it is questionable whether they are really free before the plague or not, because their lives were strictly regimented by unconscious enslavement of their habits, and this is questionable whether they're really alive.
and this is the only when they are separated by quarantine from their friends, lovers, families. You know, before they simply took their loved ones for granted, and that really ring a bell for our current time,、mm-hmm. COVID. So yeah, right now we're gonna dive into some more specific quotes. And for the quotes that Alex just came up, it also really caught my attention when I first opened this book. So since you picked this quote,、um, tell us why you think caught your attention. Well, I think it really caught your attention because the scenery itself. When you imagine a city like Oran on the coast of the Mediterranean, you may expect something rather beautiful because Mediterranean climates are very like sunshine all year round, bountiful grasses and trees. And, Wonderful beach weather, and then you have this description of Oran, which is just this very bleak, very ugly, very business-driven center、mm. with this very stuffy environment, almost the same way you would envision New York City in the 1970s or the 1980s.、Mm-hmm. And it's that kind of atmosphere that leaves you thinking: okay, if there was ever a place that could be hit by a plague and that could really suffer because of a plague, Oran would be that.、Mm. Definitely, and I really, really admire Camus's use of language because、mm-hmm. it's very visual, right? You can look at the language, and you literally can think about the smell, you know, five senses, the visual, and also the temperature, the heat, the flamboyancy, all that kind of things. Really, just like jump out of the pages.、Mm-hmm. And I have another quote which I think is very iconic,、mm-hmm. and here it goes. But at Oran, the violent extreme of temperature, the exigencies of business, the uninspiring surroundings, the sudden nightfalls, and the very nature of the pleasure call for good health. Think what it must be for a dying man trapping behind hundreds of walls, all seasonally with heat, while the whole population sitting in cafes or handing on the telephone and discussing shipment, bills of lending, discounts. So when I was reading it, I was definitely、um, thinking its relations with our current state of time.、Mm-hmm. Just imagine, like in quarantine or just in New York City in general, this is literally the truth, don't you think? Oh yeah. You know, there are people suffering from all sorts of、um, unfortunate things through life, and、um, they are really suffering from the whole city. But there are also people who are Sitting outside a restaurant and do their outdoor seating and then do their、um, quote unquote social distancing, but it's not really it is. So very vividly on point. Do you think this kind of a lifestyle will always continue to exist in humanity? Now that we're living in these kinds of urban environments, now that we're living in these kinds of environments where people are pressured into、mm. these kinds of situations.、Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I think because、um, to be honest, I think this is literally a byproduct for our system, as we discuss about in the platform episode. It's also a reproduction of the capitalism society itself, and、mm. of course, I really admit that society need to progress because of its specific structure. And then I personally do believe this is a structure that is really beneficial for progressing. But also,、mm. of course, there are a lot of byproducts.、Mm-hmm. For example, the discrepancy between the rich and poor, and also different people's reaction to plague, different mentality. So yeah. Um, dive more into the interpretation of colors and phrasing. I know you also、um, find that's a very important quote. Oh yes, definitely. And the main thing about color and phrasing, and particularly narrative methods of the book, is that the way Camus represents the story itself, because、mm. we're following a very particular individual named Doctor Ryu. He's the man. He's the doctor who's 
observing everything that's going on. Mm-hmm. He observes the bureaucracy within the medical system. Right. And he's viewing everything. And the quote that I selected was after he had left a committee deciding on what to do about the plague and how he was sort of looking out his window and seeing the sights along the street. And it reads like so. Followed by scowls and protestations, Rio left the committee room. Some minutes later, he was driving down a back street redolent of fried fish and urine. A woman screaming in agony, her groin dripping with blood, stretched out her arms toward him. Mm. And that kind of image that sort of goes to say, when you may be in a certain environment, in a committee room, where you're talking and you're theorizing exactly what will happen, and then you go outside to see the real world itself, the real world is very bleak, it's very dark, it's very gruesome. Mm -hmm. And it sort of goes to show how what you may be talking about in theory will eventually be practiced. And it's being used to solve very real issues that are going on almost right outside your door. Yeah. And look at the phrasing like agony and dripping blood, Mm -hmm. fried fish and urine. Mm -hmm. You can actually portray the color because dripping blood is red, of course. Mm -hmm. And fried fish, urine, those Mm -hmm. might be like really rusty color. And also with like the human figure, a woman screaming in agony. All those kind of lively creatures or non-lively creatures, they Mm -hmm. all combine together to portray a really ugly image and really chaotic image. Mm -hmm. So all the humanity can literally like just be laid out in front of our audience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, And what's most interesting is how Camus was able to really visualize Mm. the experience of someone going through cholera. Because cholera very much induces this within the body, induces a lot of different things within the GI tract that causes a person to have these symptoms. And to be able to write it into the book here in such a very visual manner, it ends up leading the person to feel rather shocked by it. Right. And it ends up leading the individual to sort of say, oh my God, this sort of thing is happening. How are they going to overcome this? How right. can a person move on from this? Right. And it's sad to say, some people are able to move on from it. Some people are not able to move on from it. But at the end of the day, you just need to see how everything comes together by the end. Mm. As I said, I think personally Camus, well, Camus or Camus, whatever you want to pronounce it, (laughs) is a very interesting man. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, all the philosophers, they all have their own tragedies, mindset, the good and bad of themselves. I really do think Camus holds a really interesting place in the whole history of philosophy. He has a very bold statement says, as soon as we start to think about life, we then will realize life has no meanings. Mm-hmm. Well, in order to understand um, this statement better, we really do need to put him into a more historical content. So as we know, life is meaningful, is given. It is defined by, you know, the one institution above all, the Christian church. Well, at that time, a bunch of philosophers believe there is no preordained meaning of in life. And there is no roadmap, no living for the redemption. So here drives so many crises from we called um, existentialists, you know, like big people, Nietzsche and mm-hmm. Hedinger and Kierkegaard and Satcher, all of them. Mm-hmm. But different from those people, though, Albert Camus accepts that all life are absurd. He ends up resisting the hopelessness or nihilism. He believed that life will be deemed to corrupt and end at some point, of course. But yet we really should enjoy our life. We really should cope as well as I can. We should acknowledge the absurdity of life, but really triumph every constant possibility of meaning. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what distinguishes him from all sorts of other philosophers. Very much so. Do you think that the way Camus approaches 
the sort of existentialism, the sort of nihilism. Do you think he approaches it in a more positive way compared to Nietzsche and compared to other existentialists? He's more optimistic about how to go about life. Mm, I would say yes. Well, yes and no. Because first of all,、uh, he himself is a believer for absurdism,、mm. and it is a very, I think, objective judgment for the life. Because that group of schools philosophers is their main belief. But he himself holds a more positive perspective toward life. That you really need to find your own meanings、mm. in the life, as well as. Other philosophers, they really do believe there are three ways of doing. One is you can die. Well, it's not a, that practical. And <laughs> second meanings is you can find your own meaning through religious study.、Mm. Well, for some people, it is needed and maybe it's important and necessary. For Camus himself, he thinks that you really need to find your own meaning through life and then find、mm. your own definition through life, just as. His one of the other essay, the Myth of Sisyphus. He really believed that the character himself need to fight all the obstacles as well as unfortunate in life. This is actually rather interesting to hear about Camus as someone who is religious myself, who、mm-hmm. attends church every Sunday, who attends mass. I always have this very simplistic belief about reality and the meaning of life and everything like that. I do. I have a belief that. Maybe God created the universe. He created everything in this kind of way. But I'm also rational and realistic enough to know that life takes a long time to develop. And in that time, maybe other things could have been created, like the dinosaurs and like different mammalian forces that allowed humanity to evolve. But I do believe that some of what existentialism believes and nihilism believes. Is also valid at the end of the day as well, because it helps push the human mind, it pushes the human psyche to think about the world in particular kinds of ways, and it provides solace for people who have this kind of analytic thought. And so, I believe everything has its own purpose,、mm-hmm. and I think Camus really exemplifies that as well. It's like everything has its own purpose. We must accept it all and make the most of our life because this is really it. So Definitely. Right, so. What would you say are other works by Camus that help exemplify his philosophies and help provide outlooks and different、uh, points of view to the way he sees the world?、Mm. Like I said before, there are three big books that are major works by Camus. So my one of my favorite is *The Stranger*, coming from 1942. So this novel captured a state of mind by another really important philosopher, Emil Durkheim, as *Enemy*, which is The alienated entity. People cannot share sympathy, and then they are completely alienated from society. So the main character in this book kind of stands outside the regular bourgeois society life, and is highly critical for his morality and very critical for the educational system. He refused to hide his own feelings.、Mm-hmm. The opening is very, very critical and legendary, according to my humble perspective. Here he goes. Today, mother died. Or maybe yesterday, I don't know. And I think this really short sentence lay out the hopelessness of life, and then the really alienated from society.、And、we can see this is his mother, literally, and、mm. he does not give a, you know,、um, <laughs> I really want to. Like, does not give a darn, so to say. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs>、uh, so we are living in a cage. We have the freedom, but not enough of the freedom to escape our society. Wow. There is another essay,、uh, the Myth of Sisyphus,、mm-hmm. and an opening is also very significant. There is but one truly serious philosophical problem, and that is suicide. Judging whether life is 
or is not worth living? That is the fundamental question of philosophy. Ah,、uh, now that is a very serious question, <laughs> a very serious problem. Because judging whether life is or is not worth living, that is a fundamental question of philosophy.、Mm-hmm. And one truly serious problem, philosophical problem, that is suicide. That seems a very extreme. Take so to say, a very ex- almost goes to show the sort of daringness of philosophy to co- grapple with life in such a way to ex- describe it in such a way as suicide, and that almost leaves me a little bit speechless because、mm. almost growing up, and especially if you're growing up in the American、uh, educational system, you always hear about suicides, you ever learn about suicides, but you never really delve into like the motivations for why somebody would want to take their own life or anything like that. That's a very taboo. Subject a little bit, and now to this day, when people talk about suicide、mm-hmm. and when people discuss suicide, it's always turned into that kind of ideology where it's just like, okay, if we're talking about suicide, then we must be in a psychologist's office or psychiatrist's office, or there's something wrong with you, or there's an unhealthy fascination with death、mm-hmm. or something like that. But to be honest, I really think the question of suicide it's portrayed more in a social norm. As you were talking about all this idea that it's deemed to be a really extreme idea, it is also portrayed by our system and our perception from whatever educational system we have had. Coming from our last episode in terms of time management and finding yourself, finding、mm-hmm. the meaning and go for your life, this is somehow connected to whether life is or is not worth living. Right?、Mm-hmm. Um, this is the question that we really need to think about a lot, and I believe people think about a lot more during this COVID quarantine time. Oh yes. Right. Oh yes.、Um, so yeah. Personally, I don't think it's a very extreme or like far idea. It should be the question that we should think about every single day. And、Absolutely. as soon as we come up an answer, as Camus said, we can try our best to find and define our own meanings, regardless the meaningful or meaningfulness of the life.、Mm-hmm. That really just connect to our real world. I think this novel is very topical.、Mm-hmm. So why don't we connect to our current time, COVID? And what do you think, Alex? Like, how do you think those two things are connected? Well, I think with the way Camus presents the quarantine and presents the sort of desperate times and how people would react during desperate times, it's very much the kind of thing that you would see in the real world. Just looking on the news, looking in the streets, seeing how people behave, and you can't help thinking, like what you said, Eve, history does repeat itself, and people don't really learn from history, so to say, or they don't really try to understand. Patterns of human behavior, and with that in mind, it almost puts things into perspective, and it goes back to that question: Is life worth living or not? If everything keeps repeating itself, and of course, a lot of people will say, "Yes, life is worth repeating," because even though it does repeat itself, it repeats itself in different ways. So, therefore, you're sort of curious to see what comes next.、Mm-hmm. And what do you think about the book connecting to the current times and these COVID times? I think it's. Until the point that COVID or quarantine actually exists, we know how we react to it.、Mm. Before then, nobody will actually believe that we will be so rattled and we will be so extreme. Every sense of humanity is kind of falling during this crazy time,、mm-hmm. and there's this whole hypocrisy like coming. No,、um, people don't believe it. Even if reading from the book,、mm-hmm. you know, like this book came out like way before. COVID. Oh yeah, and、Way、people read、before. it as in literature, and read it as like extreme portrayal of our society,、mm-hmm. stuff like that. But 
I do really think that the craziest things about this book is actually portrayed every single detail of the ugliness for human being、mm-hmm. when they face a really extreme trauma、mm. like our COVID, and it's a common human sense. Let's say this COVID passed, right?、Mm-hmm. And after a hundred years, there's another something COVID, whatever diseases came. I'm pretty sure the way people react to this extreme reality is pretty much still gonna be the same、mm-hmm. because the greed is still there, the urge for economic stability is still there, the social structure maybe is still the same. We don't know that yet,、mm-hmm. um, but under the same humanity. We all the reproduction of our history,、mm-hmm. and history, of course, repeats itself. And as you said, maybe we react to it di- differently, and then it has different meaning in different period of time. But each is a very meaningful incidence in our entire history.、Mm-hmm. That's very true. It almost goes back to the same sort of human concept that humanity is always driven towards comfort, so to say. It's always. If it's not broke, don't fix it.、Mm. And humanity wants to keep staying into that routine and wants to continue staying in that kind of consistency because that's the only way humanity makes sense about life. So, do you think symbolism like this and the symbolisms that are in the book are still relevant in the current times, in this current day and age? Definitely. Just I think literally everything go way of describing the disease could be changed into COVID.、Mm-hmm. Imagine when we were reading this book. Every cholera word is changing to COVID. Everything go description in this book will still be valid.、Mm-hmm. So I do think the symbolism in this word book still is is true. Yeah, and I completely agree. I mean, just like what you said, the descriptions, the responses, the behaviors, the sort of、uh, ruthlessness that exists,、mm-hmm. as well as the What is the word? The、uh, generosity that exists, the selflessness that exists to save people's lives, is also there as well. Even if you replace cholera with COVID, that's absolutely true.、Mm-hmm. And I guess it goes to show the sort of beauty that exists in humanity, as, because humanity itself, as many people may understand, either whether you're the most educated person in the world or you have no education whatsoever. You'll still understand that humanity is a very mixed bag.、Mm-hmm. <laughs> you right, have、totally. beautiful aspects, you have ugly aspects, but the whole mixture itself is beautiful. Because while humanity is capable of much evil, they're also capable of much good as well.、Mm-hmm. And whether that evil comes out, whether that good comes out, that really depends on circumstance. It depends、right. on where humanity is. Whether humanity is in some kind of a platform. Or it's in the plague-ridden city of Oran,、mm. or if it's in COVID nineteen,、mm-hmm. you can't give up on the world just because there are some human beings that choose to embrace evil or who show evil because of certain reasons. You have to always accept that humanity will show its goodness, will have this good side. You just need to give it the chance to foster and to give it the opportunities to grow. Definitely, those are very, very important questions to think about it.、Mm-hmm. And as since we have a lot more time, I do highly encourage everyone to go back to philosophy, read some books, thinking about the meaning of humanity,、mm-hmm. and let us know if you do really agree with absurdism or、um, Gamu's theories or not.、Mm-hmm. Leave a comment below, and then we really do hope to. You know, bring more interesting and meaningful content to your guys in our next episode. Okay.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, and be sure to follow us on Facebook, follow us on Spotify, iTunes, visit our Patreon page, and we ho- look forward to seeing you all soon. And we look forward to hearing your responses. Have a good night, everyone. Have a good night. <laughs>